It's time for the Mad Dog Show. Coming to you live from the Park Group Studio in the heart of the Bulldog Nation. The Mad Dog Show is proudly sponsored by The Sanford Company, Fincher's Barbecue, Sellers Construction, Go Clean Co., Cherokee Brick, Progressive Communications, Jay Lee Attorney at Law, Ortho Georgia, Pelicano Construction, Jags Pizzeria and Pub, Bib Distributing, The Butler Auto Group, The Park Group, Corporate Connection, The Dog Bone, and Bulldog Illustrated. Now, here he is, your host, The Mad Dog. Welcome back to the only dog cast where you hear what you feel, and right now you might feel scared. You might have woken up Sunday morning, you know, feeling relieved because that game was brutal to watch. It was excruciating. I was at a party. I left the party in the second quarter. I knew I had to leave. I couldn't handle being there. I quickly assessed the situation and I knew I needed to be at home alone where I could unleash profanity laced tirades of rage and angst. It was like I had Tourette syndrome and the Tourette syndrome kicked in and I was like, son of a kiss my mother. We're playing like a bunch of, it was, and I'm not making fun of Tourette's. I'm not, I feel it's this more like empathy for just, you know, uncontrollable things coming out of you. And, you know, as I'm slowly losing my mind, you know, watching that game, my wife would, you know, be over there on her iPad and look up and say something like, what's the matter? Is Missouri supposed to be good or something? And I was just, you know, it'd come again. Shut up, woman, speak no further. You know, and then winning Saturday felt like, I don't know, being crowned the tallest elf, right? Wrong. That game goes down in the record books as a win. And it was a win without A.D. Mitchell. And it was a win without Jalen Carter, dirt to a dirty chop block that should have been flagged. And process what I just said. It was without A.D. Mitchell. It was without Jalen Carter. And not having them, it's not a big deal. It's a humongous deal. They will play on Sunday, and they are two of the best players in the country. So there's that. So to the spoiled dog fans out there, and sometimes I can be one of you, but it's always good to kind of keep things in perspective and, and don't be this guy. Don't be the guy that's out there bitching and moaning because you didn't look like you wanted to look in an SEC victory on the road where you might fall, oh my gosh, you might fall from number one to number two. Show some respect and another quality that's out of vogue these days, gratitude. Just wake TF up and realize that this year is not last year. This isn't that. Last year was the planets aligning. It was easy street. This year, this year, we're going to go back to the days of old with a stress-ridden 60 minutes of game time that feels like days and sometimes feels like weeks. And that's fine because we're built for that. We're used to that. And I'm sick of Georgia fans, alleged Georgia fans, whining about this and that and everything else. Stop whining about it. Nobody cares. Nobody. And don't whine to me about it because I promise you I'm not going to hear it. Because I'm Mr. Glasses Half Full, always. 
Bama had their Texas game on the road. We had our Missouri game on the road, a classic trap game by definition. And Bama had to get bailed out by the refs on a controversial reversal of a safety because they always get bailed out by the refs because they're cheaters. And I'll admit that this game was ugly, okay? It was, it was, it was fugly. And I think we all know what fugly means. But here's the deal. Our dogs sacked up when it mattered. They got dirty, and they did what they had to do. They did the things that nobody listening to me right now could do, and I can guarantee you that. They were backed into a corner in that game time and time again, and they could have rolled over and played dead, but they didn't. Instead, they came out of that corner growling and snarling like they were infected with rabies. Kirby's proud of them, so we should be too. Was the field littered with teachable moments, with coachable moments? Of course it was. And guess what? We have the coaches to do that. And the bottom line is this. Get on the Bulldog bus and quit bitching. Because if you're not, guess what? Georgia Tech needs fans, so feel free to join them. Misery loves company. We don't need negative. We need positive. This season's going to be a dogfight. It's not going to be like every game's easy and you're relaxing five minutes into the first quarter. The great philosopher, Sir Mike Tyson, once said, Everybody's got a plan till they get punched in the mouth. And he was right. Last Saturday, we got punched in the mouth. But we absorbed those blows and delivered just enough counters to win a TKO. So now let's get started. Here we go. Here's the picture. We rewind last Saturday and we fast forward to next Saturday. That is followed by the Mad Dog Injury Report, sponsored by Ortho Georgia, featuring former UGA offensive lineman Dr. Ryan Snetzer. That's followed by Vance Levy, editor of Bulldog Illustrated. And then he's back. Buffalo joins us again. Then we have Dogger, our gambling guru. And that's followed by the Mad Dog Top 12. I assure you it will be controversial as always. So first, let's do a brief rewind of last Saturday and first the bat. We got whipped on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Speaking of balls, we dropped them. Stetson was uncharacteristically off it. Maybe, just maybe it was because he had big dudes in his face all night long, and maybe it was because the throwing lanes were clogged all night long. Our cornerbacks missed routine assignments, or they simply just didn't look back when the ball was in the air. Basic fundamental football stuff that we do all the time that we didn't do because it was just like we just plain and simple, we weren't dialed in. That sometimes happens with college kids. It happened with Bama against Texas. Oh, wait, I already mentioned that. We generally sucked in the red zone. Now that, that is a problem. That's a problem we got to solve like yesterday if we're going to repeat. We've had nine field goals in the last two games. Just say it. Now let's talk about the good. We finally unleashed Darnell Washington. The big O was wreaking havoc everywhere. He was wreaking it through the air when he caught balls. He was wreaking it on the ground with his steamrolling pancake blocks. And speaking of blocking, we weren't the best at it throughout the game, but we were the best at it when it mattered the most, and that was the fourth quarter. And we were best at tackling when it matters the most in the fourth quarter. Great example of that was Malachi Starks making probably the game-saving play when he ran that guy down after he busted through the line and got all the way down to the one-foot line. And then we ended up forcing a three. That was huge. Jake Pod, four for four on field goals. That's great. Blaylock was making key catches. It was great to see him back. Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint, 
Dylan Bell, Big O, as I've already said, McConkey, Kiaris, Bowers, and Arian Smith, all making great catches. And by the way, great to see Arian Smith back. Welcome back. Tyke Smith stepped up into the star role. He did a good job. Stetson made the throws when he had to. He threw for 312 yards, in fact. He threw no picks. Against Texas, what happened with Bryce Young? He only threw for 213 yards, just say it. Did I mention Stetson was under pressure all night long? Again, under pressure, zero picks, 312 yards. He also executed a fake field goal all on his own. Did we end up scoring after that? No, we didn't. But the yardage that we gained, you could make the argument that that yardage accounted for Jake Pod making that field goal. The farther away you are, the more likely you are to miss it. So there's that. A run game was inconsistent, but it worked when it had to in the fourth quarter. Hats off to Dejon Edwards for literally running out the clock on Missouri, and he was a half a step away from ending that game on a TD, too. So when the clock hit zero, it was dogs on top, and everyone lived happily ever after the end. Now, let's fast forward to this Saturday. Auburn shows up on the ropes, reeling from a nasty loss. Maybe that sounds familiar because much like Missouri was last week, they're wounded and they're dangerous. Their coach, Coach Harson, is literally fighting for his job, and he's been on borrowed time for about a year. Jalen Carter is in all likelihood out with an MCL sprain. A.D. Mitchell is probably in. Kirby labeled him as hopeful. Auburn's emotional leader on defense is linebacker Aku Leota. He's six foot four, 257 pounds. He's a graduate transfer, and he is out due to a pectoral injury. Vegas is trying to tease you into another ridiculous spread of four touchdowns. Look, it's the Old South's deepest rivalry. We've been playing Auburn since the 1800s. So think about that for a minute. The 1800s. We've been playing Auburn since before there were computers, telephones, air conditioning, television, and cars. Before cars. Can you imagine living where you are right now without AC, without your phone, without your TV or your car? You rode home on a horse from work, ate dinner that you made from scratch, cooked over a fire, blew out a candle, and sweated yourself to sleep. That's when we started playing them. You didn't even have a radio. If you wanted to watch that game, you had to go watch them throw a basketball around. So back to Auburn. If they can run the ball, we're in trouble. And they got two dudes that can run it. One name that you definitely remember, and that's Tank Bigsby. The other name, if you follow very closely, you remember, and that is Jaquez Hunter. Now, at quarterback, it looks like it's going to be Robbie Ashford, number nine. He's an Oregon transfer. He's actually from the state of Alabama. He's been filling in for TJ Finley, who's been out with the shoulder industry. Ashford is a true dual threat guy. He is going to probably run the ball as much as he throws the ball, and so we're going to have to have a guy spying him or come up with some sort of scheme to account for that. He can um, he can take the top off the defense. He's fast. Tell you somebody else who's fast, and that's their strongest weapon through the air. That's Javarius Johnson, number six. That's the other guy you need to be watching. Now, on defense, it's an Auburn defense. It's a big front seven with a fast secretary. Look, you know, I'll admit it, okay? I took Missouri lightly last, last week, way too lightly. I'm eating my words right now. I'm not going to do that again with Auburn. It's a rivalry game in the SEC. Anything can happen. Last week with Missouri, the, the heck, that was their national championship, and they played like it. They're, they're not no like they're not going to go to a bowl. That was it for them. Auburn's coming in here. You know, they're they're playing for their coach's life. 
They come in here and get embarrassed. He is gone. He might not even make it till Monday. So, you know, Auburn, yeah, their natty is arguably the Iron Bowl. This one's pretty close. We both fish out of the same pond recruiting-wise. They know us. We know them. Fan-wise, we find them obnoxious. They find us obnoxious. So no matter what happens, no pitching at the Bulldogs. Forget covering the spread. All that matters is winning. That's it. As it is spoken, let it be so. Next, the Bad Dog Injury Report. The Bad Dog Injury Report with Dr. Ryan Schnetzer. And now we have with us Dr. Ryan Snetzer from a remote location dialing in with us. Thank you so much for joining. Good to be here, Dave. So we got Arian Smith back a little early. He didn't look 100%, but at the same time, we didn't get back A.D. Mitchell. Kirby's calling him hopeful. How do you feel about it? So, I mean, it's the same thing. You know, it sounds like he probably had a you know just an ankle sprain um, um you know it's just it's gonna be one of those things day to day you know it's gonna be how he feels how he um you know really unfortunately the only way we can tell is time just giving it time letting him get out there and just see how he does and then jalen carter you know he got a dirty chop block that should have been flagged mm-hmm. now he's got a MCL sprain that they're calling yes. one to two weeks out. I guess that tells you it's pretty mild. Yeah, that usually indicates MCL sprain, um, which is good. I mean, you know, just very minimal if MCL. Um, you know, that's the part inside of your knee, get some stability. Uh, and this thing is just just rest uh, and it heals up on its own. Uh, get longer sometimes three to four but I, I think you know it just depends on how uh, how much pain he's having give him a little bit of time off uh, and then get him back out there those are really the only three that I know of that are of, of much consequence do you know of any other ones I think there was a little mention to, uh, to Mondon having an ankle injury uh, that's right yeah you're yeah, right but, yeah. so I think it's just Sore, probably sprain. I still didn't have him listed as probable. So, and then, uh, you know, not not an injury, but hopefully Bullard, you, you can come back. We kind of touched on to have some some suspension. We just don't know how long it is. Uh, you know, hopefully we can get him back. I think he'll be secondary. Yeah, I mean, everything I've read said it was a one gamer, so he should be back. I thought Tyke Smith played. Well, from what I saw, I can't say that I truly studied, you know, him out there. But I guess usually when you're in the secondary and you're not doing well, you are going to stand out. So that tells me probably did play probably pretty good. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you for joining us from your remote location. Next time we, we want you back in the doctor's office. Yes, sir. I'll be there. It's time for the breakdown with Bulldog Illustrated's Vance Levy. Vance, what's going on? How are you? What is happening, my friend? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I'm excited about your new uh, intro music, When the Levy Breaks. It's perfect for Vance Levy. It's Led Zeppelin. I mean, it's iconic. I'm I'm excited about it. Well, I mean, the Levy almost broke. 
Oh, man. Yeah, good point. I wish I could say I teed it up that way, but that just happened naturally just now. Wow. All all hell's broken loose since you moved the show. (laughs) All hell's broken loose. You know, I've already eaten my words and said that I'm never going to, you know, publicly denigrate a team like I did Missouri last week. You've taught me a new word that you used uh, in the show and uh, in this week's Bulldog Illustrated, and that word is? A Donnybrook, which is basically a old-fashioned fracas. And give, give Missouri credit. I mean, they baited our guys before the whistle even started. I mean, I, that was shocking to see that we got into some scrape before the game. Uh, that was a la Georgia versus Alabama that year here in Athens. And, boy, we know how that turned out. But yeah, unfortunately, we didn't uh, – Clearly, we were participating in that uh, in Columbia as, a, as opposed to Alabama was just letting us run our mouths back in, what was it, 11 or something? I don't know. That was a yeah. bad memory. Bad day a, in Athens. Ooh, terrible day in Athens. And, yeah, I saw that pregame stuff, too, and I was like, what in the world has precipitated that? I mean, that just is uncharacteristic, not only of us, but un- I guess Missouri of all people. You know, I mean – that's that was just bizarre. Yeah. Well, I know you've talked about it with all. You know, here we are with Auburn. To me, it's the exact same situation. Uh, yeah. They come in twenty-seven and a half point underdog. The coach is on his way out, but oh my, we get to play one of the best teams in the country. What better way to fix our ills by? punching them in the mouth from the opening whistle and, and uh, give it our best, you know, see, see what happens. Uh, I was not happy with uh, how long it took us to go up tempo. Uh, to me, that was painfully obvious watching it, that the longer we waited to get a playoff, the more their defense and the more their fans got into it. Uh I could, like I said, that was the one thing that sort of was surprising to me where arm, armchair quarterback Vance was, I think, in the second quarter. I'm like, why aren't we going up tempo to slow down this rush? And eventually we did in the, in the final quarter, but I don't know. I mean, clearly Stetson could not get a read on what they were showing him, and the clock just kept going and going, and then it, and you're like, is he going to hike the ball? Yeah, exactly. And one thing I just thought about while I was talking to you, I mean, this issue of BI is is huge. I mean, I got it dropped off today and I was like, wow, this thing has weight. And then I'm thinking about you watching that game and are you in your mind going, am I going to have to rewrite half of this issue? Because <laughs> we just, the season just cratered. The good news was, is that I had not gotten a cover ready. So, I didn't have to scrap a cover, you know, uh, and thankfully our guy, Greg Poole out that made the trip for us photographer, he got some good shots of those guys after, you know, the, the player shots were them being interviewed. And as I wrote, I mean, you know, you saw concern in their eyes, but you saw resolve in their eyes. And, uh, then, you know, and the Kirby shot was priceless because you could just tell he was like, what 
what what just happened, but right. relief too. I yeah. Mean, I mean, we we dodged a huge one. Oh my gosh! I mean, I mean, and, I think, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna. I was just absorbing what you said and the enormity of it. And you just, you're exactly right. We we dodged a bullet. I mean, I think Butler, Kevin Butler, nailed it on Sunday with the Bulldog Brunch hosted by Hilltop grill the home of the bacon rapture <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry i'm making I'm, I'm giving my man jd some grief he can describe some food can he uh, <laughs> but uh butler nailed i mean you're talking about potentially that would have eliminated us from the playoff yeah even if you were to beat Alabama, I mean, like if we're up against another one loss conference champion and there's, you know, there's only one last spot, a loss to unranked Mizzou. <laughs> and, you know, our schedule isn't favoring us this year as far as uh, quality wins. Yeah, it's so, not. It's great that Oregon is coming a lot, you know, is playing so well because that if they continue that our toughest opponent, you know, you know, I'm not discounting anybody as you've stated, but, you know, Tennessee and Oregon potentially could end up being our two, you know, best competitive game, you know, as far at the end of the year, I think the records, their records will be, uh, those two will be the most competitive games. And who knows? Florida could get hot. Uh, Don't leave out Kentucky. No, not leaving out Kentucky. Uh, I, boy, I think they're going to kill poor old Shane Beamer this weekend. Uh, yeah, I mean, they got to be angry at the way they let that one slip through their fingers. Yep. It was much all, like, all much, there for them. Much like Mizzou, losing to Auburn. Yeah. You know, it. And th this early in the season, I think you can get those slingshot effects where mm -hmm. the week before, you know, somebody can come back, you know, another month in, some of these teams start quitting. Yeah. I mean, think about how we used to always want to say, man, if we could just play South Carolina in game seven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before they realize that they suck. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so... Man, I, I can't believe. So how many – you had Greg Poole went out there. You said you had two other people from BI go out there. And they drove. That's – I mean, how far is that from Athens? How many hours? I think it's a good 10, right? I think that's, it's almost eight to St. Louis. That's and then brutal. Another two. Yeah, Greg, he doesn't like flying with all his photography equipment. Mm -hmm. So the dude's 73 years old. <laughs> Golly. Kudos yeah. to him, man. And I, I've, I've not heard just the most glowing reviews of Columbia, Missouri. Yeah. I mean, it's not bad. I mean, it, it's – although a buddy of mine here in Athens went for the first time and he, he sent me a text saying he wasn't that impressed. But, you know, when you're up against Athens, it's kind of hard. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, we're in the pros and everybody else is amateur hour. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to Startville this, this year – Strictly for to see Starkville. Like I've yeah. been to the game, but not staying in Starkville. So, I, and I, you know, I'm 
I'm setting my expectation not against Athens, but it's just a fun little college town. And I've heard that, you know, over the years, like most college towns, they've added more restaurants. I mean, I was blown away when I went to Tuscaloosa during COVID, how much mm-hmm. it had grown because it had been right. maybe eight years since we played them in Tuscaloosa. I mean, you got that mm-hmm. Indigo on the river now. I mean, it like I said, it was, you know, makes you sound old, but when you go to a college town for the first time in a while, it really, they do continue to grow. Oh yeah. And I've heard good things about Starkville too, just like you. That's one that I'd love to check off my list if, if possible. Um, all right. So this week, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? I, give, I, well, give me, give me a read. I think Auburn's going to come out and give us a, another hard fault game. Uh, I, I think they're playing for their coach. Uh, they did good things against LSU. Uh, so they're, they're looking to put it together. Uh, 27 points at, after the last two weeks. I just want to make sure we can score 27, much less beat somebody by 27. I think Kent State and uh, Missouri has definitely put some film out there that coordinators are using. As y'all, you know, Buffalo touched on. I mean, when you don't have the ability to stretch the field with your wide receivers, uh, you know, Lad McConkey's not supposed to be a number one. Right. And, 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 so you, and, and just like you're saying, you, you worry if these coordinators, you know, watch Missouri, watch Kent State, and they go, all right, here's the template. Here's yeah. what you got to do. Of course, well, of course that's what they're doing. And, yeah. uh, you know, our running game, as I worried about in our season preview, uh, you know, they're still kind of trying to figure out who they are. Uh, there doesn't clearly – there doesn't appear to be a guy that when he gets some opening really knows what to do with it. Uh, they're a little bit of just sort of timid, you know, even like Milton, the one where he fumbled. <laughs> exactly what I was about to say. I he mean, looked like he was shocked to be out in the open. It's without a doubt. And, uh, you know, Deshaun, I think he's, he's the fourth quarterback, but I, personally, I, I wish we'd, feed Kenny McIntosh more. And as Danzler and I were talking about today, I mean, at what point do you look at giving Brock Bowers the ball a handful of time in a tailback-like situation? I agree with with Darnell as his fullback. And, and like with Kenny Mack, you know, there was that one play where he broke up into the open and he was dancing back and forth with that safety or, you know, somebody, cornerback, whatever. But, you know, you're watching – whoever, Alabama, any SEC team, their back gets into open like that, he's gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was the other one. And, uh, you know, I'm, you know, you got to give these guys, you know, yes, they're juniors, but they're, they're, this is their, you know, this is their first brush with they're the guy, if that makes sense. So, yeah. I mean, you got to be patient with them. Uh, I'm, I went into last year wishing we had something other than Zamir and, and James Cook. Well, uh, you know, by the end of the year, I f- shut up on that one, right? Sure. So, I mean, you got to just hope that, you know, a season is a long – as we've learned, there's a lot of football, and with a lot of football, that gives you the ability to get better. Uh, our O-line didn't have a good good game. 
that to me, that's what I want to see the most improvement against our Auburn is uh, seeing that O-line really come together. Uh, you know, it would appear our guard play is kind of up in the air, you know, you know, was okay that night. Uh, yeah, it was just, it, it was, it was, a, it was an interesting one. Yeah. I mean, it was a head scratcher to the point of like with our O-line, just almost inexplicable. Like I just couldn't even wrap my head around what was happening and why it was happening. And I know a lot of it was scheme. And once we changed to, you know, gap blocking that helped, but still it just, you kept waiting for our depth to, you know, outman them. And it just, well, I guess it did, but it took a long time. Which was another reason I thought we should go up tempo. You know, what's the best way to wear out somebody you have more depth with? Run them around a whole lot. Right. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm not pretending to, to – we're in good shape. Uh, I think maybe – I think I heard uh, – uh, what's the game day guy, league guy? Uh, Street. No, not heard the – Chris Fowler, no. Reese Davis. Reese Davis. I heard him twice this week. And, you know, we, we've the last couple of day, games, we've probably played closer to what we are, which is a young team where people are learning on the fly. And Oregon and the way we beat South Carolina, you know, you know those might have been sort of – not flashing the pans, but that was us above, you know, really showing what we can be. But at the end of the day, we're still, I mean, God, we are filling a ton of positions. Yeah. And so those two games, you're kind of punch, punching above your weight. And then these other games, you know, by not being mature, you know, you think, okay, I'm going to strap on this helmet with a G on it. And these guys are going to lay down and, nope. and we're just going to win. And that's just not the case. Yep. Hey, but as long as you keep getting the W's, hey, that that learning experience is a whole lot more pleasant. Absolutely, and it's going to pay off dividends, you know, hopefully as the season continues to go. And, by the way, I'm I'm a little bit sad that after this game, we're, we're halfway through the regular right. season. It, it hauls ass, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Yes, yes. That's what I just – when we put that 72-page – to bed Sunday night or it was either Monday morning. I looked over at Cherie and I'm like, okay, we just did six in a row. How many more of these do we have? <laughs> right. We get a week off after this Vandy one. So that, that'll be nice. The old bye week. So you, you take a bye week too after Vandy. Except it's weird because we're, a, we're kind of always a week ahead. Mm -hmm. You know, even though the Auburn game, you know, obviously is played on Saturday. We're working on Vandy now. You're so, like, Cur you're like Kirby's analysts who are already on to the next team. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so really our off Sunday will be at the next day after Vandy. Right. Whereas the off week, the actual off week weekend that Sunday is when probably the 80 to 88 page Georgia, Florida is going to be due. <laughs> Ooh, wow. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, hey, we we've got great sponsors, which I'm I, I re- obviously very uh, uh, appreciative of. But this year's home schedule, the way it shook out, there being you know three to four like big games versus the rest being eh, so so. Mm-hmm. From an advertising standpoint, you know, everyone's loaded up on these big ones. Thus, you know, more ads, more pages. Sure. So, and more pages means more content that we have to create. So, right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I was way ahead on that album run all week. So, well, good problem to have. Yes, absolutely. And we're five and oh. And we're five and oh. I've got some bad news. Okay. You're not going to get to see me this weekend. Oh, no? <laughs> I had, had Lake Burton on the books for a long time. Oh, this man. is kind of, well, I'm not even going to say that. I'm not going to say that. I just hope that this big game turns out like Georgia-Arkansas at home last year. How about that? Okay. Because did you, you miss that one too? I missed that one last year for Mempho, if you remember Mempho. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. As Nick Saban said, the fans have absolutely nothing to do with the outcome. So, <laughs> <laughs> as much as we like to think we do, he's right. Funny enough, I included that in my editor's note before he went on his rant. I said, "Fans wants <laughs> yeah. don't have anything to do with what happens on the field." <laughs> right. But we, as fans, can be at the game to support our team. So. Uh, and then I did hear from Greg Poole that, you know, there are, you know, a good many empty seats out there, in, I mean, in uh, Mizzou. And I told him, you know, the few, the last few times I've been, it had been like that. And I just think going all the way out there in the middle of the season with Auburn coming up, uh, you know, who, a home game before, that one's just easy to sort of say, I can't do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Whereas if it was at the beginning of the season, I think more people would go. Uh, Yeah, you're you're right. Thankfully, all of that will be taken care of when the new schedules come out. Hopefully. Yeah, we won't ever be going to Columbia every other year again. Right, right. Yeah. Well, Vance, as always, thank you for joining us. Uh, thank you for joining us through technical difficulties and your patience. And um, I, I think that I hear a, a rumbling. At the, it's almost like a stampeding I hear in the background. Is that Buffalo that I hear coming on right now? Let's go in the basement with Buffalo. Hey, Good to have you back. I know you're off a huge win with uh, with Baylor over McCauley. Yeah, big fourth quarter comback there. 14, 14 to nothing there in the uh, fourth quarter and, and took them down 31-27 somehow. But they did it. Hey, a win's a win, as we learned with our dogs on Saturday. Um, we did. I guess you were like me. You were fit to be tied and saw the season going down the tubes. Yeah. Uh, I was actually at the reunion, which I spoke to the uh, president of the school who we both know, and he he told me he might have a TV for me hidden away somewhere, but that wasn't the case. 
So, you know, me, I didn't know my password. I didn't know how to watch it on my phone. So I just made some guy, I'm like, put the Georgia game on my phone because I was watching it on uh, the ESPN Gamecast. Right. Things started getting, things started getting touchy. I was like, you got to start watching the game on the phone. And I tell you, that's about all. I don't, I didn't really reunionize. I pretty much zoned in on the game. Um, and I hadn't felt that way where we're down to a lesser opponent. And I think, and I start thinking we're going to lose since what the 2019 South Carolina was that 2019? Yeah, I mean, I I went into this weird place where I was preparing mm-hmm. myself for a death, you know, and yeah. I was like preparing all the things that I, all the people I was going to have to face like the next week at work and on the streets and and how I was going to have to try and explain the inexplicable and it just I went to a real dark place. Exact same thing with me. And I was in a room full of people who probably most of them want us to lose, uh, which made it worse. Yeah, I mean, in that regard, we kind of turned into Alabama, where most of the countries they're tired of us already. (laughs) They want us to lose. Yeah, that's a good problem to have. Yeah. Sort of. But B1, it's over. we got to turn the page to this week to the Deep South's oldest rivalry with Auburn. What are your thoughts? Um. I'm thinking. Uh, I, I'm thinking. I want to see some good O-line play this week. That's my. That's my number. I know Auburn's only allowed what two. Speaking of them defensively, two two touchdowns through the air all year. Um, so that'll be interesting to see if we can kind of change that trend. But uh, I'm looking for. I'm, I'm looking for our, our offensive line to answer the bell this week because they've been. They've kind of been drug around this week a little bit, and and, and apparently uh, their form and, and a little bit of their technique was was off in, in Columbia. So hopefully we come out start start quick and don't you know Auburn's been pretty good in the first half. They just can't score in the second. Yeah, I mean we we obviously we got to block. We got to give Stetson time, not block those throwing lanes, not have him on his back so much. You know where he's trying to figure out whether he had a completion or not, and then. Yeah, to your point, Auburn seems to always have good cornerbacks. They always yep. have a stout front seven. And so defensively, my concern becomes, okay, well, if Missouri has backs busting through the line, certainly, you know, Tank Bigsby and Jacquez Hunter can do the exact same thing. So I'm thinking the same thing. So, yeah, we better get ready, man. I, I, I used to kind of go into these weeks – kind of carefree but uh last week woke me up and now i'm uh kind of reverting back to what the way it was where i will be i will be i'll have some butterflies when we kick off i'm not counting anything right now yeah i mean you know you after last year you look at the schedule and you just start checking off wins you know you're like yeah missouri win auburn win vandy's always a win but but now we've like i said we've reverted back to our old ways where you know you're not relaxing, you know, five minutes into the first going, yeah, we got this one, you know, exactly. You're hunkered down for 60, you know, game minutes of just stress. Yeah. And, and, uh, I'm thinking we're Oregon is up here and then Missouri is way down here. And I think we're somewhere, hopefully leaning up towards Oregon, but we gotta be somewhere in, in between. Um, for right now, I'm yeah, just, it just it makes no sense. Unless the Pac-12 is just so ridiculously weak, 
that, that Missouri is better than Oregon, who's ranked 12th in the country? Yeah, I just don't think they could be. But no. I, that's the question I was asking myself. Like, how could that be? How could that be possible? Uh, what we did to Oregon, and then versus what we're doing tonight, and a couple of turnovers early, and and all of a sudden the crowd is, is the crowds becomes a factor when I don't think they were going to be if we had come out there and just you know maybe we hadn't have fumbled and and and, and gone on and scored we could have taken them out but it was good to let all these young guys you know face some adversity and they were in it man I mean our backs were against the wall I, don't, I know we don't want to go back to that game but thankfully when we had to we did it yeah you know and we always get everybody's best game in the past. That's always been the case. Well, we, you're the you know reigning national championship champion. You're definitely going to get everybody's best game. I mean, for Missouri, that was their national championship. Probably not going bowling. That was their chance to make their mark. And, and you know, it's like I heard. Um, oh gosh, what's uh, the tight end that played for Georgia? Watson, Benjamin Watson was saying. Yeah. Uh, he was like, look, these guys. They were highly recruited too. They got pride. They don't want to get embarrassed. They're going to come out there and they're going to give it their best shot. And they did. And, and you know, we probably, you know, it's hard to not just mentally go, okay, it's Missouri. We saw them do what they did against Auburn. We just have to put our helmet on with the G on it and go out there and magic's going to happen. And that's just not the case. That's right. That's right. I think, I think that point, Maybe maybe they had been told that, but, but I think they actually saw it in action Saturday night, and, it, and I hope it is still ringing true with them on on uh, this this Saturday afternoon, because Auburn, although we have just destroyed all, I mean, if we look at our what's our last twenty years against Auburn, it's it's pretty amazing, and I don't really like to count the the, the game where we slammed into each other and they they pulled that one out even as a, as a loss, even though it was, but we have we have owned Auburn. And Auburn would, would like to do nothing more than – and Harson, I know, because he's – if we lay one on him, he may be done uh, this week. And, and here's another thing I just thought about. So, you know, 2020 Alabama was was a dream team, right? Yeah. And so the, the next year, that was quote-unquote rebuilding year. However, you can have a rebuilding year with a Heisman Trophy quarterback. But, you know, that's what Saban said. And, and if you recall, he really softened his tone with the team the whole year. And it's almost like Kirby's doing that a little bit with this team. You know, he's not going ballistic after that game. He's, he's very positive. He's saying he's proud of them. He's talking about how this is a young team, which, you know, in a lot of regards it is. And I just, I just find that very interesting. The similarities. They are. And, and I think that's what he's been, you know, he, he, he seems critical when we are a little bit more critical when we, when we, really play well, which yeah. you and I would say play well. But when we have struggles, he, he doesn't come out and lash at, lash out at the players. He tries to reassure them and, and, and stay behind them. So that is something that I, I think you, I agree he's, he's picked up from uh, from from Saban there on that. That's the, and, 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 it, and it must work. Yeah. If Saban's doing it, it probably works. So I, I'm good with that. I'm, Even I'm, though he did say Stetson needs to be a little more accurate, but then he but then he came back and said, "Hey, maybe we put too much on him, uh, so we we may we may back off a little bit on what, what all we put on Stetson going forward." And, and you know, clearly there he was off the other night, but it's like, okay, he was off. Why was he off? 
he was off because, you know, we weren't blocking good. He had guys in his face. He had guys in the throwing lane. Um, they even talked about how D, uh, Oregon, uh, Missouri's D.C. was a scheme guy. And they said if he's if there's anywhere that he can find a way to exploit you with a scheme, he's going to find it because he's just that guy. And so whatever it was, whether it was clogging the throwing lanes, that in combination with pressure, it, it got us on our heels. Yeah, and I don't think they respected our downfield ability much at all. So we get Arian – going 100% and AD, I think that would have changed. If we'd had AD out there, I think that might, I think it might have been a, a lot better. And I know Arian didn't, he, he got in some, but I mean, he's 100% effective. I think they'd have to respect that a little more, but I would like to see, I'd like to see Brock get 12 targets a game. And I'd like to see uh, Darnell's targets go up to at least eight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean when, when we're thin at receiver, why are we not doing that? I don't know. I, I don't know. Other than, um, you know, they're probably doubling Brock as much as they can. They are. They are. And I, you know, they had some safeties on them, I think. Uh, like I said, my my viewership was was, was kind of intermittent and, and, and on a phone at best. Uh, but And I did not want to watch the, the replay of the game. I, I, I just couldn't do it. So when I came no. back to Atlanta, I refused to watch it. I, I may have to go back and watch that. I don't know. Maybe not. Another thing that they they did, that Missouri did, is they didn't respect our cornerbacks. They were like, Ringo, you won a national championship. We don't yeah. care. We're going to yeah. throw. I mean, we were throwing at him, and he was doing things that were uncharacteristic, like just not looking back for the ball. It was weird. I know. I, know. I, know. I just I just hope it was. It just wasn't a great night for anyone, uh, except for Pod Lesney. I'd like to give him a game ball. Thank God he matched that other guy. No kidding. Fat kicker they have. Oh. No fat kicker. And I'll tell you yeah. who else who else I really like to see just really take an assertive leadership role was Pop. You know, Jason Dumas yeah. Johnson, number 10. I mean, he was mm-hmm. you saw it, he was getting in people's grill. He was yeah. all over Kamari Lasseter after that blown coverage. Well, it's really a busted play that turned into that, but he didn't stay with his guy. That's right. Um I agree. So all these guys are growing up. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take all this. We're gonna apply it Saturday. Uh, hopefully, what's the spread? Well, I'm, I don't need to get into spreads. I think we got some. <clears throat> it's something nuts, like twenty nine and a half. Yeah, I heard thirty. So, ooh, that sounds large. Yeah, it's it's. Forget the spreads. It's all about winning. That's right. Um, but I look forward to it. I like. To, I think we'll continue our dominance over Auburn. But I'm not going to say that we're going to cover the spread uh, like I did last week. I think I'll no. just just wait and just watch the game. We're, we're either going to blow it out like Oregon, or we're not going to cover. That's right. Buffalo, did you, did you have something else you wanted to say? No, I'm good. Other than good. the Braves got a huge game tonight. Because <laughs> I I thought I heard some some faint music in the background. Oh. It, it sounded a little bit like Kenny Rogers. Is that Kenny Rogers playing yeah, baby. softly? Because <laughs> I, I, I think it means we have Dogger, our gambling guru, coming up next. I love it. All right. What's going on, Dogger? Hey, Mad Dog. Hey, Bobber. Hello. Hello Thanks Dogger. for having me back on, Mad Dog. It's been a little bit of a losing streak, but obviously I always enjoy being on here at uh, – 
it's uh, today is if y'all know it's National Taco Day and National Vodka Day, so I'm hoping that kind of changes up this this losing streak that I'm on. Um, Tacos and vodka, two great tastes. Taste great yeah, yeah. together. You know what? I'm having tonight before I go to bed. Hey, I, I just want to say real quick that I, I just I gained a much greater appreciation for just how tough your job is this past weekend when when a family member who will go unnamed came to me and was like, hey, I got a lock for you. It's a four-team parlay. It's money line. It's like, you know, 20 bucks to win 4500 And yep. I was like, oh, yeah, money in the bank. And it just absolutely <laughs> blew up. I think we met, I think we got one out of five. You did, yeah, you did. <laughs> uh, which is that's that's understandable. That, yeah, definitely understandable. Um, I always like giving updates, and I know the, the all I care about is the dogs winning, like you and Bob just talked about. But just an update as far as the line was concerned, uh, with the final score twenty six twenty two. Uh, Missouri covered by 25 and it went under by six points. So the, the closing line was 29 and, and, uh, and total was 54. So that doesn't matter to us dog fans. As long as we win, it's a win. That's right. Yeah. Um, as far as updates. So on the Thursday night college parlay, I went one and one. I actually stayed up and watched this thing, which is very rare for me to stay up and watch. Uh, but Utah State scored a meaningless touchdown with a minute 30 left to push it over. If they don't score that, then it's a, a 2-0 and and you win 3-1. to So that would have been nice. Uh, for any listeners out there, they need to start going against my SEC straight-up plays because I am currently 1-7-1. and it's being one being wow. lucky enough to be on the Mad Dog Show. I went it's because you're such a contrarian. You got to drop the contrarianism and yeah. just go. You got to go with your gut, baby. I know. I'm going to try to do that this uh, this time, but and I changed it up a little bit. I'm going to offer, even though I'm going so poorly, I'm going to offer four SEC straight plays this week. Okay. Just to, just to change it, uh, and then, but I did finally have my first winning ticket on the Mad Dog Show. The uh, the three team teaser with the totals. That all covered. Uh, so if you would have bet twenty bucks and took took those, you would have won twenty dollars. And what's crazy is they all three won even without the additional ten points that uh, a teaser provides. So wait a minute, you teased three games and twenty bucks only. Okay, I got it. No, it, yeah, it. it's just it's uh, straight money because you yeah. get an additional yeah. ten points. Right, I got it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we moved three different totals, ten points and. Uh, but they all covered straight up, so you would have won more if you would have uh, crackered those. You would have done much, had much better odds. The cracker, the cracker. Uh, and then on my, I'm I'm, 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 I'm doing a little bit better on my super cracker. So on the, Wait, on the team, hold on, ten team super cracker. Ten team, I mean, that's all anybody wants to hear about. I know. That's how you get rich quick. I know. I, I started out three and seven my first time on your great episode or, or <laughs> podcast. And then I went four and six. And this last week, I went five and five. So if you stay oh, with me man. until the end of the year, there's a good chance I go 10 and 0. You know, with, with odds like that, you should just bet every week because you never know <laughs> when Lady Luck's going to shine. That's exactly right. No doubt about it. Uh, and I mean, it, you read the stories. If you just read ESPN or just Google it, it's crazy. The people that are in Jersey or Vegas or whatever, 
somebody bets 25 and, and hits one of those and they're uh they're feeling pretty good oh yeah uh so all right that's my update and then um on to this week tonight or uh, excuse me th this week for some reason there's a wednesday night college game and not a thursday college game okay i don't understand that but it's uh central florida is playing smu Bobber, real quick, would that be because of baseball? Does baseball start on Thursday? Uh, I don't know, man, because that's Wednesday. I mean, I know it starts on Friday. I know there are games on Friday in the playoffs, but anyway. Was, I don't think they would start at third because they're playing regular season games tomorrow still. So I don't know. Yeah, okay. All right, anyway. All right, so Central Florida is playing SMU. Uh, I'm going to take SMU plus three at Central Florida. All right, now these aren't part of a cracker. These are just some these picks. are part of the Wednesday night parlay. So it's only okay. two teams, okay. and the two team parlay would pay three to one. Okay. So you bet twenty bucks, you win sixty. Okay. And it should have covered last week. Damn, Utah State scored late. Uh, and then the total in that game is sixty four and a half, and I'm I'm going over sixty four and a half. Okay. All right. Then this is the one I'm I'm doing four SEC straight up. So far, I would recommend going against these, but let's see what y'all think. Uh, so we're going to go Florida is minus 11 against Mizzou. I think Mizzou's going to have a big letdown. I'm going Florida, minus 11. Where's the game? It's at Florida. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then Tennessee is minus three at LSU. Uh, I'm going to go with the Vols, minus three. All right, timeout. I've yep. been getting hearing a lot of noise on this game. Uh, are you getting a lot of noise in the numbers? Like that line should be bigger. Why is it not bigger? Take LSU. I am. I am. I just. I mean LSU. I mean they really just. Not that they hung on to beat Auburn, but they kind of did. Right. And I mean we're favored by thirty against Auburn. So, yeah. I just. I think the line in Tennessee has looked great. So yeah, I do think it's. Sometimes to be a contrarian, you would take LSU, but like you said, I'm going against that contrarian method this week. I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a low line. Um, yeah. And then Mississippi State is minus eight at home against Arkansas. Mm. I'm going Arkansas plus eight. I agree with that. Way to go, Bobber. Yeah. I like and then I flip, I've been flip-flopping on this one, but I finally went back to Burt's uh, – show his segment a couple of weeks ago when I took AM, they they pushed that week. Um, but he hates AM and I initially had AM typed out. So it's Alabama minus 24 against AM at Alabama. And I just Jimbo Fisher, from what I'm reading and seeing, he may be on the hot seat, which is crazy. But his buyout's insane. It is. It is. But I'm gonna I'm Again, I had AM typed out first, but I'm I'm going Alabama just in a rump. I, I think you're I right. Think. And I mean, you know, you know, Saban's gonna want to just hit the turbo nitrous button on them after this <laughs> offseason. You know, and they lost uh AM lost Anais Smith, who was like their emotional leader, spark plugs. I mean, all they got is is A chain. That's that's yeah. kind of it. That's right. And it sounds yeah, like Young yeah. is going to – I think Bryce Young is going to be back. And, uh, I, I think he's going to – that's the big if. Yeah. Yeah. You think – because they could probably beat him with the other guy. The other guy's just a really good running back. That plays oh, I mean, he was a beast. He's like Debo yeah. Samuel from the Niners. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how he can throw, but 
uh, we saw him on that third and 15 bail him out there with that 74 yarder. But uh, if he plays, I don't know about the 24, but if Bryce Young steps on the field, I guess, I guess I, I totally agree with it. They're yeah. risking his shoulder though. For yeah. That was a crazy injury to me. I mean, I know he extended the, his arm. I, I don't know. I just, it, uh, just the way you hit it, I guess you can break that collarbone or at least sprain it. Yeah. Um, all right. So those are the four SEC straight winners. And then here's my, since I, since I won this the last time, I'm going to do it again. A three team on the totals in college football. And again, you get 10 points. These are uh, even money. So you have Oklahoma State versus Texas Tech. The total is 69 and a half. I'm going to drop that down to 59 and a half and take that over. Okay. That makes sense. And then you have Boise. Uh, the total is 46 against Fresno. All the teams I say first are at home, if that matters. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to go under in that, under 56. And then I'm going to go back to the Vols and uh, LSU and do the total on that game. The total in that game is 64. I think, in my opinion, Tennessee runs all over them, just dominates the game. I'm going to go over 54. That sounds good. <laughs> and then you know, here's all, the all, all, all I care about is the super cracker, baby. Lay it on. <laughs> here is the super cracker. And I, I, I changed this up a little bit with my thought process. 750 to one, right? Kurt, well, yeah, it's uh, yeah, 750 to 800 to one, depending on how big of an underdog is, you know, is picked or whatever. But yeah, okay. average, average of 750 to one. So it's a good one. Uh, and I'm going to try to throw in some uh, watchable games, but the first two are not. Cincy versus South Florida, Cincy minus 28. I'm going to go South Florida plus 28. So hard already. <laughs> I just I've never liked Cincy since they beat Georgia. Uh or no, they played good against Georgia, excuse me. Right. Yeah. They didn't beat us. They didn't Probably beat us. Beat us sorry, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Uh Tulsa minus five and a half against Navy. Navy's at home. I'm going Tulsa minus five and a half. And then the rest of these are watchable games. TCU is minus seven against Kansas. Kansas undefeated. I think they keep it up. Last week I said they wouldn't against Iowa State, but they did in a very low-scoring game. I'm going Kansas plus seven. Uh, Texas is minus seven against Oklahoma at Oklahoma. I'm going Texas minus seven. I hope Oklahoma just completely folds, and I'm pretty sure the Texas quarterback is coming back. They're the guy that started so well against Alabama. Right. Right. Yeah. Viewers. That's it. Okay. <clears throat> um, Oklahoma State is minus nine against Texas Tech. Should be another good game. Should be another high scoring. Well, I already took the over in that one. So um, Texas Tech plus nine. Okay. I am gonna, I am going to actually do something on the dogs game. I'll never bet on on the line in the dogs game, but. 50 is the total Georgia versus Auburn. Obviously the tip total is 50. I'm going to go over 50. 
Is that contrarian or or is that what you think? Uh, um, no, that's that is Craig. That's that's my gut. Okay. So what do you so got? Like, Auburn with with what? How many points do you think? Seventeen or? Uh, I mean, the, what what Missouri scored against us? I'd almost say thirteen, and then and then uh, fifty or no, yeah, forty-seven by us. All right. Well, you're yeah, right. I, I think. I mean, I think we're gonna. Not, never mind. We're not gonna talk about how bad we're gonna beat them. Okay. Uh, Ohio State minus twenty-six against Michigan State. Ohio State's on a roll. I like Ohio State minus twenty-six. Agree. Yep. They're just they're playing really well. Uh, Ole Miss is minus nineteen against Vandy, and that uh, I don't know. I watched a little bit of that game. I'm gonna go. It's, it's at Vandy. I'm gonna kind of do a Missouri versus Georgia at Missouri, although it's completely different stadiums. I'm gonna go Vandy plus nineteen. Wow! 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 I don't think I could ever put put anything. But that's what's crazy is I looked at I looked at what Vegas was doing, what the public was doing, and what the consensus is overall, and it's actually on Vandy, so it's not contrary. Huh? Yeah, which is nuts. Um, And the lines people know something more than I, yeah, more than I do, obviously. I Wisconsin. This is after a coach firing. Uh, against Northwestern, Wisconsin's minus 10. I'm going, and that's at Northwestern. I'm going whiskey. They fire up around their new coach. Yeah, just and, like Ted uh, last week. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, and then Miami uh, total is 66 against North Carolina. North Carolina, I haven't seen them stop anybody really at all. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over sixty six. Okay. Yeah. I doubt top. Miami stops them either. That, well, I don't even know what Miami's record is anymore. Are they like two and three? That sucks. I don't know what it is. I, it's uh, yeah. I think that's right. I, I it's it's yeah two and three or maybe three and two. It's not. They've lost some bad games. I think it's two and three. I don't know. Yeah. MTSU. Yeah, <laughs> I thought about throwing them in there. Hey, and by the way, just as uh, from Doggers, uh, we did, and Bobber, you can talk about this a little bit, but I got a sheet from the Baylor Macaulay game. There was there was gambling sheet, and I, I set the line early <laughs> with Bobber and a, another guy, and I was hitting right on. But there was it was funny. Baylor Baylor uh, covered easily, and it pushed. This bid, this sheet actually pushed on the total. Yeah, that's how in the know yeah. people were about the Baylor Macaulay. Yeah, they had, they had first quarter lines, uh, <laughs> first half, first half totals, the whole, the whole thing. Coin flip. <laughs> they didn't have that. They, they should have. They had some pretty good players out there, man. They would have beaten our teams to. I mean. Two death, eighty something tonight. We would have never done anything against those teams. They were ever looking pretty good the other night. Well, Dogger, as always, thank you very much for your expert picks. Um, They're not I, so I, expert, but thank you, Mad Dog. I appreciate it. You really, you got me thinking on the Super Cracker. One of these days, I'm going <laughs> to take a bite. One of these days, I'm going to take a bite. I don't know if it's this week, but it's going to happen. It's going to wait before the end of the year. That's right. 
<laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe wait until November on you. I've got my eye on you. <laughs> Thanks for everything. It's a great show. Thanks. All right. Thank you, guys. Next, we're going to round out the show with Mad Dog's Dirty Dozen. <laughs> For the bad dog, Dirty Dozen. So, here's this week's AP Top 12, and here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to name the team, I'm going to name their spot, and then I'm going to state whether I agree or disagree and why. So, here we go. At number one, the Cheaters of Alabama, and through clenched teeth, I'm going to have to say at this point, I agree with it. Number two, the defending national champions, the good guys, us. I gratefully agree. I mean, how many times in the past would we have given our left you-know-what to be at number two in this point of the year? Answer, too many to count. At number three, in the AP poll, is the Ohio State brown-eyed chin nuts. Here's what they've done. They've just finished their five-game preseason schedule, all of it at home, comprised of the following teams. Notre Dame, who is now 2-2 two and two and unranked. Arkansas State, Arkansas State, followed by Toledo, Toledo, Toledo. That's followed by Wisconsin, who just fired their coach. And then perennial football powerhouse Rutgers. Five games, five at home against nobodies. This week, they have their first road game of the year. It's amazing. They finally have a road game. Yay, it's October. And they're going to play Michigan State, which in the past, that would have meant something. But Sparty this year is not the Sparty of last year. And with apologies to Mel Tucker, they stink. They're two and three. So suffice it to say, I wholeheartedly disagree with Ohio State being number three. And speaking of disagree, I disagree that C.J. Stroud, their quarterback, gets the best odds for the Heisman because he's padding his stats against a bunch of pansies, okay? All the pansies I just named, that's who he's blowing up these stupid stats with. And think about it. If the following SEC quarterbacks were on that team, they would have his Heisman odds with that schedule. Bryce Young would have them. Stetson Bennett would have them. Will Rogers at Mississippi State would have them. Hendon Hooker at Tennessee would have them. K.J. Jefferson at Arkansas would have them. Spencer Rattler would have them. Richardson at Florida would have them, and Jackson Dart at Ole Miss would have them. It's not the system. It's the schedule. But enough about the brown-eyed chin nuts. Speaking of disagreeing, I disagree with the next team on this schedule who has just also completed their five-game preseason schedule, and that is Michigan. And I disagree while holding up both hands. You can't see it. It's off the screen with a one-fingered salute on each hand because – their schedule so far is, in a word, pathetic. They're just as bad as Ohio State's. At least these guys have played some away games. At five, I have Clemson. Disagree on this, but only because I think Clemson should be ranked higher based on the strength of their schedule. Then we have, at six, the USC, the real one, the University of Southern California. This team passes the eye test. So I'm okay with six. I really think maybe they should be higher. They should definitely be higher than Michigan. I would love to see what Vegas's odds would be with USC against Michigan. Hell, I'll just let them play at the big house, at Michigan. 
I guarantee you that that would probably be USC minus 14. All right, next. At seven, the Oklahoma State reverse cowgirls. I'm happy that they're still ranked up this high because I can get away with continuing to call them the reverse cowgirls. Next, the Tennessee Volunteers are at number eight. I disagree with this one too. Tennessee should be ranked higher. Their schedule is harder than Michigan and Ohio State's put together. Ole Miss comes against number nine. It's too hot, not hotty-totty. They got lucky against Tennessee, I mean against Kentucky. They should not be this high. Next, another team I hate, PSU, Penn State University, or as I like to call them, the Pedophilia State University Fighting Sanduskies. A blatant attempt to further the false narrative that there are three good football teams in the Big Ten. 11 is Utah. Their biggest claim to fame is they lost to Florida, which is an SEC team with two losses. That fact is what qualifies them, according to the AP, to be number 11. And finally, to round out the dirty dozen, we have Oregon, who claws their way back after the thrashing that we gave them on opening day. That's really the only the only thing of any consequence on their resume is a quality loss to us. Therefore, they must be good. All right, here's some teams that should have been in. Kentucky should be in the top 12, but they aren't. They blew that game against Ole Miss. Mississippi State should be in the top 12, but they aren't. Now, look, I could rail on this for a whole nother hour, but I can't because we're out of time. So remember, Stetson is still in the thick of this thing for Heisman. He's still in the top five. And we've already sold, no kidding, almost a thousand shirts. Keep ordering them. We'll keep making them. If you're in town, go to Making Monogramming, also known as Corporate Connection, on Forsyth Road. If you're not in town, go to themaddog.com. www.themaddog.com. Also, Mad Dog Magic with the Read with Malcolm Foundation. Malcolm Mitchell. It is alive. It is kicking. Talking to their folks today. We're going to come up with a big marketing campaign. Try and parlay off of that 10000 that's already been raised by Colony Bank, by the Mad Dog Show, and by Microsoft. Stay tuned for more on that. Stay positive. It's a dog fight this year. So keep your head in the game. No whining, no complaining, no bitching. Go dog. Sees. It's time for wind clipping. I ride like a hawk. I'm Betty Eddie Eagle. A seagull.